0: What a matchup between the Colorado Avalanche and the New York Rangers. Alexander Georgiev returns to New York, and he gets the win. It needed to go into a shootout, but there was really no other way for this game to end. It was just a back-and-forth affair, an early-season classic. Kyle and I are going to break it all down. new episode of Locked on Avalanche coming right at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And before we get to any of that goodness that we watched last night between the New York Rangers and Colorado Avalanche, first things first, follow us on our social media outlets, LOP underscore avalanche. On Twitter, on Avalanche and Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. This is why we watch hockey, Shaggy, because this was this was just a back and forth game. This is one of those games you could turn it on for anybody. People that are just getting into hockey, people that have never watched hockey in their life. Uh, or your day in and day out hockey fans, and they will just gloat about this game because it was it was back and forth, and this was two powerhouses really going at it, and yeah. uh, goalie saves galore. You saw some great offense, you saw some great defense. Uh, it, it it had everything. It had everything. It's such a good game early on in the year. So many
1: little storylines. You had Yorgiev coming back home quote unquote, coming back home to the garden. I mean, history within itself to upper echelon teams in the NHL right now, superstars galore. I mean, this is one of those that you want to sell the league. This is the commercial. Like this was a classic game. This was everything we talked about with the Florida game last year, just hyped up just a little bit more. So it was a fantastic game with some really good performances and some.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that, you know, the eh, is kind of just because you know you're you're up against a good team, and sometimes they're going to make you look bad. Just like so many times the Avalanche do to other players or other yeah. teams, every once in a while they will force you into a bad play and and just make you look bad. But uh, just just the overall, uh, you know, watching of this game uh, and, and the fact that it was on ESPN. So it's a nationally televised game. Like you love seeing that. You 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 want those games to really like connect with people, Um, and I think this that that's a game that's that's going to be talked about because superstars are on display. What they do? I think on ESPN Plus, they had the the. I think they had the the game in most most of the screen, but off to the side they had two cameras: one on Macar, one on Adam Fox, just fixed on them. If you if you're into that kind of stuff i i don't i don't that's not me i i have to watch the whole game I, that's for people who are just like where's the superstars you know yeah. like i get it. But I, I can't watch a hockey game that way there's too much more there's too much going on you know more than just those two guys on the ice i get why they do it but it's it's not for me I
1: don't know. yeah we we had a couple uh listeners in the uh lockdown avalanche twitter space jump over there just to kind of get an idea on what it was yeah. but I said I needed to see the full ice. I
0: needed to see everybody and what they're doing. I can't just be isolated. Right. Um, you know, and as far as the Rangers go, that that's we said many times, kind of leading into this season, like the Avalanche have a target on their back and and they're going to want uh team. Uh, the opposing teams are going to want to beat them night in, night out. Doesn't matter if you're Arizona or, or the Rangers. But maybe even more so for a team like the Rangers that was so close to getting into the Stanley Cup last year and not saying like this is like their barometer, but early in the year when you when you have this kind of matchup, the Stanley Cup champion against an East Coast team uh, and, and, and an East Coast team that's supposed to kind of possibly go very far, that's, they, they they really want to take it to you. So if this is a matchup, in the Stanley Cup, they can look back and say, "You know, we beat you. We got you." Then I know it would mean nothing because it's an October game, and you know, we're, we're, you know, the Stanley Cup is so many months away. But maybe, maybe not even that. Maybe not even for if it's a matchup in the Stanley Cup. Maybe if it's just from from this moment going forward, for a team like the Rangers to beat them, that just galvanizes your team. But the same can be said for the avalanche right now, because Mm -hmm. it's it's been a little bit rocky to start the season uh, for different reasons. But this is a great to go into New York, which is, you know, the epicenter of the world for so many people and and, and for sports uh, and to play a really good game against a really good team and a back and forth game. um, I think for the avalanche, it could be maybe a jumping off point for them.
1: And you have to also see that, again, this is early in the season, and this is how you play the poker game. Um, you you see how you match up against each other, but you don't want to show your hand completely. This is your first time really getting tested <laughs> against the East, and you'd still have that trade deadline coming up in a couple months. So how you performed against the Avalanche and how the Avalanche performed against the Rangers, you could see what works, what doesn't, and they could be addressed. And you can also keep your eye on what the Rangers are doing and how they're winning and beating teams. Cause you know, if you did X, Y, Z and it worked, but this team's doing ABC and it's working, you can start formulate some game plans some, and putting some things mm-hmm. together. This is a really good jumping off point for the avalanche. Like you said, there's some Rocky points with this team. And this is the kind of game that it becomes glaring, but if you can overcome them and find ways to win. Against teams of this caliber, this is a really, really good moment to
0: really begin your season. Yeah, um, and and I think you know overall that this you know the first period was uh, I think a great period for the Avalanche, and this is the Mm -hmm. second game in a row where they've started off, uh, you know, not kind of like trying to find their legs. They they jump in, and it's just full steam ahead. Uh, right from the get-go. So you liked seeing that. Um, and we'll get into kind of like specifics of the game, maybe specific plays, uh, players obviously, but we have to start with the goalies because this was a goalie matchup uh, if if you've ever seen one. And I don't know if this is like an arrival point for Alexander Georgiev, but it's as close as he's going to get because he's going up against his old team and right there is enough motivating uh, factor for him. But going up against the great Shesterkin, he ha- more than held his own. When it, when
1: Yorgiev took that save um, and laid down flat on the ice and had the puck underneath him, I, I was telling everybody in the Twitter spaces, that's right here. This is the beginning. Uh, when we construct this narrative on everything Yorgiev has brought to the ice, It starts at this moment right here because you had that feeling in that moment. We talk all the time about avalanche goalies not needing to go in there and steal games and win games. This night was the night.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he, he needed to be on. I mean, what was <clears throat> shots on goal for the abs 44 shots on goal for the Rangers 46 and it was a three to two game. And, and it, and tech, I mean, technically dude only gave up two Yeah, because yeah. It, w- it went into a shootout. So, I mean, f- to have both teams shooting into the forties and only give up two goals yeah, man. Like we we've said it I this is like I want to see him be the reason why the Avalanche won a game. And this was. I mean, yeah, th- there was some good offensive moments for the Avalanche, but my god, between both these guys, Shesterkin had some incredible saves. Mm. The one on Miko Rantanen just sticks out immediately. Yeah. Rantanen didn't get all of that on the backhand, but he got enough of it where it, it could have went in. But still, Uh, You just saw fantastic goaltending from from both of these guys. And, yeah, especially from from Georgiev, this is exactly what I wanted to see. You don't want to see it happen often where you need to rely on him because we all kind of feel like they went out and got a guy that will be good enough because you have this great defense in front of you. But when you're playing a great team like the Rangers who can get shots on goal and can score – He's going to need to come up big. You just can't always play every single game just relying on the defense. So this was a game. And, I, you know, he had the added bonus of playing against his former team. And for him, that only motivate. We're talking about as a team, galvanizing the team individually. This is huge. For, you saw when he when he made that uh, final save in the shootout, his reaction was not just, yay, we won the game. It's like I stuck it to my former team. Yeah, that's that's going to go a long way for him. And
1: you could see the team. That was one of those moments. The team rallied around him in that moment. And they shared that emotion like you, you pulled this one out. And going into that shootout, the way both goalies were playing, you kind of leaned back in your seat and you're like, this is going to go 18, 19, 20 rounds between the (laughs) two. Nobody's going to let up a goal. We're going to be here all night. It was next level goalie play. And we're so used to having a flat tire, putting a donut on it and driving home. Like we have a goalie now where we could make a 600 mile drive and have no complaints. Like we are in really good shape with what he's shaping out to be behind the, uh, between the pipes.
0: He's looking good. He is absolutely looking good right now. So, uh, yeah, you, you just, you felt his, uh, enthusiasm at the end there. You, you just felt it. So you were behind him the whole way. Um, <clears throat> all right let's hear from who do we got here first i have a whole bunch of ads in front of me I, well, we well. have what's that i said well uh, well well yeah i know we're, we're loaded over here you know who we got we got betonline.net uh we're, we're on our other uh recording uh device here so i, I don't have the the uh, lower third for you to do your uh I dream of of genie. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Oh, and by the way, I thought my one to nothing uh, prediction was going to hold up pretty good there after about a period and a half. Uh, It was looking pretty good, but.
1: At least you didn't say keep your eye
0: on Manson. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll get to those guys in a minute. But first, betonline.net, which is your number one source for betting for football and the start of a brand new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores on every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the Major League Baseball World Series, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, so we will kind of break into uh, some kind of key moments of the game, player evaluations, and things like that. <clears throat> like I said, the the shots on goal, ridiculous, 44 and 46. Yeah. Uh, 44 for the Avs, 46 for the Rangers. Uh, faceoffs were 44% to 50, 57% in favor of the Rangers. Uh, so the big thing for the Avalanche all year long has been the penalty kill, and it's been poor they held the rangers to 0 for 4 so yeah like and maybe this is another thing where it's a, a jumping off point for the avalanche <laughs> including a power play in overtime that ended the overtime session i think the i think the rangers or it was nathan mckinnon which kind of was a soft call if you ask me they called the hooking on him kind of i don't know where the hook was it, i mean it was more if anything a slash than a hook, maybe they just used the wrong verbiage, but to call that at that stage in the game, I thought was a little bit rough. Um, but that's a the, stretch
1: for a three and a half period makeup call,
0: man. Well, I thought they did the makeup call at the beginning of the second, really at the end of the first. Oh, yeah, who, yeah, who yeah, did, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember who that was. Called. Uh, who'd they call that on? I think, did they call it on Hunt? Let me see. Uh, Where's the no go, where the heck's the, the penalties here? Here we go. Um, yeah, they called it on Dryden Hunt for interference. And if you look at the time, you can go to NHL.com and go to the box score. The time when that penalty came was 20 minutes. That came with zero time. Oh, on that's yeah. So and, and nobody knew it. So you you come back from the you know the intermission, and there he is sitting in the penalty box, and you're like Okay, well, that's the make and, and the makeup call we're talking about is obviously the the Rangers got called for a high stick and upon not even a review, I think they were just replaying the play and you saw it wasn't his stick. I think it was Valanchuskin stick that he was. Up. I think it was Devin Taze on Kale McCarr. Was it Taves' stick that got up? Okay, it was Taves' stick that got up into uh, uh, McCarr's face, but there was another Ranger player, and I can't remember for the life of me who it was. That was right up with if you say it was it was it was Taves, um. So it looked like you know a stick was going up. It was when when the play's happening that fast, uh. The the ref just called it, and you look at it, and you see that it was not the Rangers player stick, but because it's not a double minor, because blood was not drawn from a car, they can't review it because it's just your your run of the mill two minute minor those are not reviewable. Uh so yeah, it was a bad call. The refs missed it. Avs didn't score on on the penalty. So really no no harm no foul. But you knew a makeup call was coming. That was it. To call yeah. a penalty with with especially an interference with no time on the clock is just baffling to me. But going back to the the high stick. Sh- should there be should we introduce this? Should we introduce challenges even on two minute minor penalties, or do you think we're, God, we're just no. going to, you don't think so? Why not?
1: No, I, I, that will slow the game down so much. Like we were yeah, complaining well, about the offsides and the too many men calls. And like the, the, I understand like this one instance and you honestly, if the avalanche would have scored on that penalty, we might be having a different story because I don't think I've ever cheered for the avalanche not to score a goal. In my life, but on that power play, I I felt that because we talked about in the first segment, all the grandeur spectacle of this game, it would have been ruined if they would have scored on a goal that, I mean, anybody could have told you that's not, that was not a penalty. And you would have felt kind of bad about it. Like you would have had that level of ick about that goal. They didn't score, let the makeup call happen, but don't bog it down with an, a challenge because they couldn't even challenge it. And it took like five, 10 minutes for them to get back to play. Like mm. I, I, well, I just, I
0: don't. It is. They're reviewing it knowing they can't change it. Like they're looking at that, that review and they're like, Oh, we got that wrong, but there's nothing we can do. By, <laughs> by the, the rule, there's nothing we can do. So I would, I would have not want to been those refs when they got to go talk to Gerard Gallant about, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, it was their own player, but we called it and we can't reverse it. I don't think it would bog it down because you're not going to review every single penalty. If like you have a challenge it, like, I think that should be a, a, not even a a review. I don't want to do reviews on everyone. I think there should be challenges if, 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 you know, why not be able to challenge, challenge a penalty, but then you are getting into a little bit of a slippery slope of what, you know, you're really like, going to going to go frame by frame on penalties. That is a little bit of um, so maybe not, maybe I'm going to talk myself out of that uh, of challenges, but if you can review a double minor, why can't you just review a minor? If 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 there if it's egregious like that, you don't have to go and review every single one, but if there's something there, have Toronto buzz into you and say like you might want to look, you know, we're looking at that penalty and we'll have to reverse it because I, there's just no the only difference in in them being able to review that and not review it is because Cal McCarr doesn't bleed blood. Yeah, that's the I, only I, reason I like
1: the idea that Toronto handles it and keeps an eye on all the penalties called and review it that way. Get it out of the coach's hands because I feel like it's going to be abused real quick like your team is like mm-hmm. really burnt out from an icing Challenge a, a ghost call. So, challenge something that was called get you a little extra breather while they're reviewing game plan. Use it as an additional timeout. Throw off the momentum. I, I feel like it's going to be, I mean, you see it, things abused when it comes to challenges by the coaches. I, I don't want it in the coaches' hands. I don't trust the coaches with that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Toronto, possibly. Could be.
0: I, I just, I don't know. You, you just want them to get it right. Yeah, And I think that's a, I think when people hear like, oh, if we're going to review everything, that's not going to happen. You're not going to review every single thing, but you know, people, people know, like if you can just interject and and, and Toronto could look at that and say, you know, we're going to have to reverse this. I don't think anybody would, would object to that. No. And, and, and the simple fact that it, like I said, if Kill McCarr, uh, showed some blood, then it would have been reversed. Yeah. I just don't think that's I don't think that makes any sense. Uh but then, you know, the the penalty that they called in overtime against uh, McKinnon was was a little bit iffy to me, but they, they had to kill it. They had to kill the penalty. I think there was like a minute and 40 some seconds left, so uh you know, how it how it ended in overtime, they you know, they had to kill another penalty. So, I think overall, you know, the and with the Avalanche they were 1 for 3 on their power plays. Um Individually, uh, you had Valnichuskin with another goal. Uh, just, yeah, thumbs up for him across the board. He just continues to. But that, I think that was it for, yeah, just the one goal. You had Cagliano. Um, I thought the depth lines played a very good game today. You had the the shorthanded goal, especially um, uh, the, the the botched play by Igor Shosturkin, mm-hmm. who does not do that stuff. Um, yeah. Mark my words. Igor Shosturkin is going to score a couple goals in his career. He is great at handling yeah. the puck. And uh, he's going to take some uh, – if he has one already, I don't know if he – I don't think he does. No, I, I'm almost positive he doesn't. It'd be a big deal. I don't deal. think he does. No, it doesn't happen a, a lot, obviously, but he will. He will score a few goals in his career because he, he wants to, and he's good at handling the puck. That was a gift the Avalanche got from him botching that play on the Rangers power play Uh, and old Logan O'Connor comes up again with another shorthanded goal. So uh, yeah, that that's the penalty kill, but I just thought the depth lines in general, I thought they had a a much better game, a much more sound game. Um, But then you had, you know, Martin count, not even reach five minutes of ice time. So I want, I just, let me throw this out here
1: real quick. Uh, Cogliano looking Great to see you stepping up. Uh Logan O'Connor, thank you for coming back up and getting going. Between Logan O'Connor, Martin Kaut, JT Comfer. You now have three points for those three players combined. Sammy G has five. So there has yeah. to be some production stepping up. And, Gotta start Lo- and by the way, we started that game with two. Logan O'Connor brought that up to three. So come on, LOC. We got to get new hook, and we got to get
0: JT Confort going. It's it's about time. I thought Confort looked good. I mean, he 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 was involved. Um, how many? Yeah, he had three shots on goal, and I thought he kind of like made himself available, and he he got himself into pretty good spots. Um, I think it's just one of those things for him right now. Like we always run into this with JT Confort. He just can't find the back of the net for a little while. Uh, but once he does, it seems like he kind of like kind of just improves his play. Like you know, even even in playoffs last year, we all were singing his praises because he he just got it. So it just takes him a little while to get going. You don't want to see that, but that's just the reality with JT Comfort. Um, yeah, I thought Logan O'Connor. I think that was his best game. Yep. he was everywhere. He was uh, hustling down pucks. Um, it, uh, and as as a team, the ads were doing a very good job of. Making it difficult for the Rangers to have clean zone exits. Yes, uh, from the Rangers' defensive end transitioning into offense, the Avalanche. So many times, were just standing them up at the blue line and keeping the puck in the zone. And you ne- you need to do that. You need you need to generate you know uh, some really quick offensive uh, run rushes because you got to kind of catch that, especially Sisterkin off guard. Yeah. Because he's so good. His vision is so good. His position is so good. Like when you're coming full 200 uh feet, like that th- that goal that uh Nechuskin scored the other day against Vegas probably wouldn't have happened against shesterkin Yeah. He's just that, like he can just track you and he's very good at so I was loving that they were just interrupting everything at the blue line, keeping the puck in the zone and getting back on offense right away to just keep him off balance. So yeah. I thought it was a really good game plan to do to do that.
1: So. yeah. And, and they also got to learn from like the two goals that did go in on Yorgiev, they got to learn about overbiting and over pushing to that blue line because both those Rangers goals and regulation were just tic-tac-toe, just hot potato. Who wants to take this goal? Because they were passing all around that defense because of an overbite and overcommitment. Hmm.
0: Um, you had, let's see, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon, I, I people are going to be get, uh, are jumping on him. Um, and I think you know this is because this is like you know a superstar player. If he does something uh, wrong, they're they're just gonna say he's had a horrible game. I don't think he had a horrible game. He just had a really bad play. He got pushed off the puck by a very good defender. Let's not forget that um, it was Adam Fox who just pushed him right off the puck, and a brilliant play. And he just turned defense into offense, and he finished it off. Uh, scoring the game tying goal. I'm not going to get too much on on Nathan McKinnon for that. I know a lot of people want to. Um, it was a very good defensive play and and McKinnon got caught kind of a little bit flat-footed, which made, he didn't have his, his weight distributed perfectly. And, and he was, he was just flat-footed and, and Fox pushed him at the right time. And he just went right down easy turnover and away the Rangers go, go. And that was just nice passing by the Rangers. Like, there's nothing you can do there. You just have to give him credit for that. And yeah, and, and I remember even on the um, the broadcast, them saying after that goal that McKinnon went right over to Georgiev and was like, that's on me. So he, yeah. he knows that. He knows that. It's just a good play by the defense on the Rangers.
1: Anytime Nathan McKinnon makes a mistake, it's the last one. Um, to quote <laughs> Spider-Man for family guy. Everybody gets just one. That was the one time you're going to see that that mistake made. It's now in the hockey robot's mind. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. Uh,
0: and two more guys I want to talk about. We'll talk about the bad first because it will end on uh, a good uh, note. I, I I think Josh Manson had a rough game. Some really bad turnovers, a really bad penalty in the neutral zone on Panera on a hold. Um, he, he just seemed unsure of himself with the puck. I, I don't know. Maybe this game was moving a little bit too fast for him. You know, exactly. He, he he's fine with his own team speed. <laughs> but when the other team has really good speed as well, like he he couldn't get rid of the puck fast enough whenever he would have it. And it and it led to a couple really, really bad turnovers in their own defensive end. Uh, and then the penalty, I mean, obviously they killed it, but uh, you, you don't want that. I don't know. I just I didn't feel like he had his best game um, and everybody on this team is going to have them. Yep. So, I think this was his
1: bad beats, bad penalties, and it's all bad positioning. Um, he was overwhelmed in this game, and it did seem that's like where that, all right? it was overwhelmed. And all of the decisions he
0: made were came from a place of being overwhelmed, and it showed. So, which is which is so weird because he, he's been in the league long enough, you know what I mean? Like, he, he knows, I don't know if the moment got to him just being on the, the big stage of Madison Square Garden. Like, I hope not. I hope that wasn't it. I, 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 I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. I think it was just an off game for him
1: yeah let's hope it's an off game and not a rick and keel game where he can never play defense again
0: or a uh who who is the who is the guy that couldn't throw to for on the uh, chuck Knoblock? oh yeah yeah just oh yeah from second to first uh i'm not going down that route right now but i'm just chalking it up to just a, a rough outing for for josh manson on the other end uh he's got nothing to show for it On on the stat sheet, including a minus two, believe it or not. But Miko Rantanen was great in this game. He was everywhere. He, if it wasn't for Igor Shosturkin, probably would have had four goals on the night. And uh, and I'm not like lying. I'm not trying to slight that or anything like that. Like he was so good. Shosturkin had some really good saves on him. Um, Let's see, seven shots on goal for Miko Rantanen tonight. And some were in close, some were in the slot. Like he he played fantastic. And it's just unfortunate that it's not shown up on the stat sheet.
1: Yeah, mean? he is he is quietly one of like right behind Nuke. He is right there as the top performer on the team. He is mm-hmm. underappreciated and it's gone on far too long. Yep.
0: All right, let's get to our Locked on Avalanche sound check. And uh, for anybody that does not know, Kyle and I will pick two songs that we feel best summarize. uh, The most recent action, in this case, the Rangers and the Avalanche. You can follow this playlist over on Spotify and uh, subscribe to it or follow it. And every time we add a new song after a game, you'll be the first to know. So what do we have today, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom? Everybody knows me.
1: I'm that... That ska punk, heavy metal guy. I'm not disappointing today. Today is the day when to make some YouTube listeners and watchers. Very happy black label society. Ooh, concrete jungle. (laughs) That's, uh, the vibe, the Madison square garden, the New York, everything about it. The grit, the physicality, listen to the song, watch the highlights you'll thank me later black label society i've seen them live like two or three times one of my all-time favorites
0: Uh, yeah yeah that's i I was thinking about going the route of something new york related because you just feel like you have to when it's like in in the big city uh that's that's the stage i was was gonna do that i was gonna do avenge seven told the stage but i I went a different route and i kind of was focusing in on georgiev Mm. uh, coming back to new york um and while well, I think, he, and we talked to John about this yesterday, I think he under he understands. Like he he was not going to supplant Igor Shosturkin. Like once Shosturkin yeah. dug his heels into being that starter, he he's one of the best in the league now. So I think he knew he if he wanted to play, he was going to have to move on. So I think he understood that. But even so, I think he still has that little that little tinge of of revenge, and that's what I'm going with. I, I one of my favorite metal bands beast in black i brought them up a couple times yeah. here in the past uh they have a song called revengeance machine and mm. uh oh it's it just does not stop like it, it's yes. just from the beginning to end it's just that andrew wk like party just non-stop there's no breakdown whatsoever yeah and i think that was him i think he you know he he was he wanted to shut out bad when that went away uh, it's like, all right now let's just focus in on, on getting the win and that would be just as sweet so, mm-hmm. uh, though, though, that that's mine for, uh, Igor, just getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of revenge on his, his old team. I'm sure it feels good. Um, all right. And then kind of our top players of the game, uh, we'll throw out our, uh, number three and number two. Why don't you start with that? Who you got?
1: Nuke number three. Um, mm. because he's been one and two every game this season. Yeah. So let him try out number three. That's literally why I have him at number three. Yeah. Same, same with me. Yep. Number 2, LOC.
0: Welcome back. Okay. I got to say like for I, I I'm not afraid to throw an opposing team player in these top 3. I think Logan Konst is a good one just because you haven't he hasn't been there yet this year, so it's nice to throw him in that top 3. But I think just because this was a a goalie battle, I got to throw Igor in there at number 2. Uh, I'm with you on number sense. 3 with uh, with Val. Uh he just keeps the, you know, the train moving to, to use the phrase um but i think in number 2 i got to put igor cuz this was a good valley which so I, number 1 are we in agreement here with with martin Cow? <laughs> <laughs> yes. we're in agreement basically no <laughs> yeah um yeah you got to go igor here Georgiev. because it's just it, it's too sweet i mean you mentioned Cow four minutes and 49 seconds of ice time. Is that just indicative of the game and you just need your, your top guys out there or are are they Stick losing a fork in there?
1: him? He's done. Like but
0: why though? Why, 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 I mean, Jared Bettner are saying things like I I thought he did well. He passed the test. Okay. And you had him as, you know, a second line uh, winger in, on, on the first game that he got called up, and he's systematically moved down to less than five minutes on ice time. So I, I, you can't say like, "Well, it's because it's like you get it's a close game, and and you you got to put your your top line out there during like crunch time." That's every hockey game. You know what I mean? That that you're not going to get these blowout games in this sport. It just doesn't happen. So. If you're losing faith in him to put him out there just for 20 seconds or 30 seconds, just just to give the top guys line a reprieve, I don't know. Like, why, why keep him up then? Because what Maltz? I thought Maltz when he he was out there, he was noticeable a couple of times early. He had just short of six minutes. So that that bottom line and Hunt had two, or excuse me, six forty three. I mean, I get playing your, your, your top guys at the end a lot more, but it should be a little bit more even early in the game and just wasn't. So I don't know. I think it's still an issue. Bednar
1: openly says we're giving him the chance starts him out on the second. He goes back to the third and now he's getting, this is the point right here. He's getting less than McDermott. So if you're giving the guy a open public chance to make the team, and you don't believe it enough to give him more minutes than, uh, McDermott to where in the, in the Twitter spaces, people are saying, I can't wait till Darren Helm comes back. If a Martin Cout is not making people forget about Darren Helm being injured. You're not doing your job and yeah. it's, it's not a good sign. So I, I've, I've done justifying Martin Cout a spot on the roster when he's had the chance and he's worked his way to part-time.
0: Hmm. we'll see we'll see if something happens uh tomorrow i mean they're, they're moving guys up and down for salary cap purposes so if they say they move anybody down we don't know if it's def- it's you know gonna stick or not so uh we'll see i haven't looked at any of the post-game press conference with uh, bednar yet um to see if he mentions him in you know in particular or specifically about how he thought he did so i mean if you're only playing him less than five minutes you don't have much faith in him so all right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, great, great, great win for the Avalanche. This was a, a good game. These are the these are the games that you you are happy that you came out mm-hmm. the winner of. When you lose games like this, this hurts for a little while longer. So great game by the Avs. Great game by the Rangers, too. So uh, exciting one early on in the season. So that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a, a brand new, fresh episode. And uh, Kyle posed a question in his Twitter spaces. Uh, they got some people riled up. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Until then, he's Mr. Shaggy Bondoom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, abs, go.